Okay, wonderful. And uh, we're back for another episode of the Doma Search Leadership Podcast. Uh, Doma Search is an executive search business working with medical technology, biotech, pharma, and general healthcare industry really across Europe. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Anish Suri, who's the CEO and founder, a fascinating gentleman, uh, CEO and founder of Bipolar Buddy. Um, Bipolar Buddy uh, was founded in 2021 and uh, their mission is to help patients uh, with bipolar disorder achieve sustained remission using their platform, uh, which incorporates AI and machine learning as well. It's a really fascinating topic and it bridges into digital therapeutics and healthcare and many other areas. And without, uh, without spoiling it too much, I'd love to welcome my guest, Anish. Uh, perhaps you could give us a bit of an intro as well into you and the business, Anish, welcome. Hey, yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, so my name is Anish Suri, of course, uh, as you said, uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Bipolar Buddy, and we also have an app called Mood Mentor, which is on the App Store now, and that's an app for people with general mood swings, um, so healthy people, but we also obviously have uh, the Bipolar Buddy, which is for people with bipolar disorder and unipolar depression, and that's currently going through our process of uh, regulatory approval, and hopefully that'll be ready in a couple of years, two or three years. Wow, fantastic. So loads going on and uh, yeah, lots for us to, to unpack and talk about as well. And we spoke a little while ago, Anish, and uh, you're based in London now, um, but very international, as you can probably tell from your accent, you've, you've spent time overseas or in international schools as well. Uh, yeah. As I'm sharing with a really wide audience here as well, uh, most, most of my audience now are within the healthcare industries as well, but would you mind giving us a, a bit of a backstory into your uh, career and evolution to the point at which you've uh, set up Bipolar Buddy as well and Movemental. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just on my background, I mean, I'm from India originally, but I grew up in Singapore mainly for 10 years. Um, and I went to international school there, which explains the accent. Um, but I'm, I'm now have a British passport and I'm here in the UK for, for the time being. Um, my professional experience kind of, I've done a few different internships. I've worked with Capgemini Invents. Um, I've worked with Cryptoart Corp. Uh, I've worked with Sky5 and Zopa AI. Um, however, kind of, I think nothing means more to me than what I've created now with Bipolar Buddy. So I was actually, um, I, my career evolved in this way when I was in university and in my second year at the University of Edinburgh, I had kind of an episode, a manic episode um, when I traveled to New York after a couple of days in London and I ended up there and I was just not really coherent or myself. Um, so I actually checked myself into hospital with the help of my family for five days. And that's when I was first diagnosed with bipolar. Um, so beyond being diagnosed with bipolar, I came back to the UK, took a couple of months and decided to take a year off from university, which is where I started doing my internships with Capgemini Invents and with CryptoWork Corp the year after. Um, but had a great experience, realized I had a love and passion for tech, social impact, and making a difference generally. Um, and uh, kind of graduated from university, worked with SkyFi for a bit, honed it on my skills, and just decided I was ready to take the leap and started by Polo Buddy. Fantastic. Do you think you always had that seed in you as well, Nish, of, of setting up on your own and making a difference with your own business? Yeah, I mean, I was also the founder and president of a society at university dedicated to diversity and inclusion, um, Third Culture Society. That was a lot of fun. 
had a really good experience. And um, yeah, I was also raised by an entrepreneur. My, my mom's an entrepreneur. So she definitely had a big, big part in, in my more risky endeavors and, you know, uh, taking yeah. on a risk like this. So important, isn't it? I, and I, th- I think to a lot of uh, founders as well, as you can imagine, in the work that I do and, and a lot of them, well, two main reasons, e- either solve a problem that they're having, uh, whether it's something they, they can't get access to generally within healthcare or through personal experience as well, um, or being around other entrepreneurial minds and uh, action takers uh, where, where they feel they've got the room and the runway to, to give it a go. And yeah, so important. at really all ages as well, you know, some people are kind of only just in their 40s, 50s thinking, I've always wanted to do this. I'm now in the place where I can. Uh, yeah. so that's, uh, that's really exciting. And congratulations on, on there as well, you know, just, just for getting set up and, and going. I imagine it's been quite a, quite a challenge as well, quite mentally taxing. I, I know what it's like uh, setting up a business, but also ramping it up as well to commercial success as well. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself? You know, what have the challenges been and expectations of yourself, but also maybe from others who have perhaps invested, whether it's time or money into your your venture? How's it been? What have been the main uh, challenges that you've found so far? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think the personal pressure that you put on yourself is definitely the biggest, biggest challenge that comes out. Um, We were just talking about burnout a second ago and definitely that. Uh, holds true i mean i've I've experienced that um, a lot in university but maybe less so now that i feel like i have a bit more balance in my life um i you know kind of my recovery began at university and since then i've had much more control um but the challenges of being an entrepreneur are different to anything else where you feel kind of very lonely and isolated and you have this big weight on your shoulders it is a, it is a lot of pressure at the end of the day um it's a lot to deal with so i think that's probably the most challenging thing that i've experienced um, it does get easier kind of as you bring on a team, but you have to be mobile enough and as flexible enough and as adaptive to make sure that you're keeping everything running and keeping everything at a pace that will succeed, um, which is challenging. But uh, I mean, so far uh, over the last the last course of um, our, our the last year and a half has been dedicated to development. And um, it's been a really interesting journey. It's um, it's really taken a lot of mastering the product and just making sure it's um, the best it can be. And now it's just about rolling it out and having people test it more and, and getting people to, to begin using it properly. So it's a pretty exciting journey. I think the expectations, the challenges that you have as an entrepreneur are definitely matched with um, an amazing experience and the potential to create a massive impact in what you're doing. Um, so really, it is it is un- unparalleled. I, I I love the experience, even Absolutely. though there's some difficult challenges too. Uh, and I, for those that haven't, I mean, I've I've looked into um, the business in a bit more detail as well, and, and the demo and the and the pictures. I, I see that you've surrounded yourself with a really impressive team as well. Whether that's sort of mentors, advisors as well. How how important has that been to you in in getting established and set up on those lonely days, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of these team members have turned into really good friends. So it's um, it's been a really, really good experience so far. Um, really worked really closely with them. And uh, there's a mix of kind of part-time and full-time uh, employees of the company. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, I think when you're working on strategy, when you're working on um, different parts of the business, it's always a different face. It's always it's, yeah. it's, it's grown to a, a scale now where we have about seven people on board. 
Um, but yeah, you definitely begin to get to know them really well. Um, we have kind of, we have a CFO, we have a CMO, we have a CTO, we have a technical advisor, um, and we have two developers and a product manager. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's definitely a very good team. Really happy with it. Does it play into the theory of uh, you are the average of the five people that you hang around with? I hope and so. Those kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> those kind of positive influences. Yeah, um, no, I definitely think uh, you have to meet a certain standard when you have a standard that's being performed by those around you. Um, and that's, you know, you kind of lift each other up. And it's 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 definitely, there's a, a hidden pressure. It's nothing nothing too serious, but it definitely comes out in the quality of work. So were you the ideas guy, Anish, as well, in, in the kind of founding of the business? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say off the off the back of that as well. Where um, where did you find your inner circle, as it were? You know, your C suite. Was that through the the, the VC, um, you know, the Watted Ventures, or, or was it through other networks? Um, no. So uh, I actually um, met, met. I've met a lot of people since we started the company. It's been a bit of a journey. Um, so I've worked with a lot of different people. And uh, the people that have stuck around have been the ones that, uh, you know, I, so the CFO, for example, Connor, um, he was actually kind of working with me to do an investment readiness, um, yeah. getting me ready for the process of, of okay. being investment ready um, yeah. for, for a few months. So for about six months, and then eventually he came on as CFO, which was a great transition. Um, and he's become a really solid member of the team. Um, also, you know, with with the others that kind of came with the network that we that we brought together. I mean, people, uh, so Connor knew a couple guys who had another startup, and then they've joined as well just recently. But then we also have someone, you know, people who've reached out with their own projects, like uh, Taylor, um, who's our product manager, um, and also just um, yeah, she's 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 done a really amazing job over the last couple months. Um, and then the technical team came from the technical advisor that we that he suggested this team in India, um, and it just grew out of kind of who knew who, um, obviously. And um, yeah, it's 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 been it's been a really good team so far. Right, it's kind of a dream team, isn't it? And uh, you you never know where you could take that team to set up other organisations in the future once you've got that foundation. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's really exciting. And and having had a look over the last couple of years, um, you know, I, I know digital therapeutics and digital platforms have been around for some time now, but they're really starting to take form over the last few years, particularly sort of during and post COVID as well, and that access to care, which was very limited in the early stages of the pandemic, which is now, it's almost now expected that, that there is a digital companion of some sort. Um, how has it been for you trying to I, I know you you have a very unique selling point almost in, in what you're doing as well how, how do you how have you found sort of navigating the very busy digital economy now really of, of, of apps here there and everywhere for everything as well how do you cut through and 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 what access and, and how do you find your customers through all that noise um, maybe a few questions in one there sorry at least yeah, I mean, um, 
I would start by saying within digital therapeutics, I think um, the product is the most important thing. Um, so things like um, making sure we have exceptional products, uh, integrating wearables, um, integrating software development keyboards so we can access more data and we can improve upon the data that we're creating and create better predictions. These are all things that we're starting to work on now and we're starting to put together in our in our new product, which we're which we're building upon. Um, but uh, also, I think um, the um, sorry, re repeat the question. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so so it's it, it's almost cutting through the noise of of so many options. You know, let's say there's twenty competitors out there with a similar but not quite the same product as well. How do you get through, and and how does one reach the audience to say this is the one you need? Is it through the GPs and clinicians or is it through great marketing? How, how is it achieved in your view and uh, how are you getting the best results I mean, without giving away any trade secrets, of course? <laughs> our focus right now is definitely um, just having great marketing. Um, so we're building it up from the foundations and just starting from scratch recently. Um, so we yeah. used to be very content heavy and very focused yeah. on the follower base and getting a lot of traction that way. Um, yeah. And that's definitely something for us, but I think now we want to have a bit of a comprehensive PPC strategy um, where we are putting the right content out there, but we're making sure we're tailoring it to the exact target customers that we need to use it. Yeah. Bipolar is yeah. a very specific thing. Um, yeah. There's very specific sponsors out there that we want to target as well. Um, yeah. So we're, just, we're we're trying out different things. We're still, still in the testing process of, of performing this. Um, by thinking about six months, we'll be better positioned to answer that question with some successful results. Yeah, absolutely. And what is it? Is it five percent of the world has um, suffers from a bipolar in in some form? Um, yeah. And over over a million in the UK, was that right? One point three. Wow. Yeah, big numbers, isn't it? Is that, but it's small enough maybe to to carve out the niche and and figure out where the where the discussion is happening. Absolutely, uh, yeah. But maybe, um, no, that's really, really interesting. And, and one of the questions that, you know, given that you've been around tech as well and you're developing technology as well, in, in your opinion, Anish, as well, how does a market leader stay a market leader? You've obviously, you've found a place now within the market. I saw through the demo there that you're really in a unique position. Is it through people? Is it something else? How, how do you feel uh, that you can stay a market leader? Now you are in so many ways. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that we're a market leader yet. Uh, we've just got the app on the App Store, but absolutely, I yeah. mean, there's no competitors in our space. It's a very unique area. Um, but really, at the heart of it, I think the most important thing is having a unique product and being innovative, um, innovative, disruptive, and making an impact for people as well, um, the, uh, an impact that the people can use and can benefit from and experience the benefits from. Um, that's the most important thing to me, um, personally, as a user of my own product. Um, someone who has bipolar disorder, someone who's recovering from the condition and the first few years of being diagnosed. Um, it's a long journey and it's a lifelong problem that you have to master. Um, so I think understanding the problem is one of the most important things as well. Um, and understanding the solution that you're offering your customers. Yeah, absolutely. And what you touched on there with the wearable uh, device as well, given that we're all wearing some sort of wearable or, or at least with a phone that that has the app, something that's really interesting uh, that you mentioned in your uh, product demo as well was uh, around the mood tracking as well. And something I mentioned on one of the other apps that I use um, where it get, asks you to check in 
with yourself almost. And, and I'm seeing that that's quite a common theme at the minute, isn't it? That, that kind of reminder of the, hey, how are you feeling? Uh, I think that's quite important in your product development, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were positioned with a bit of a question of whether um, we're obviously tight on investments and we're trying to trying to um, find a way to fundraise simultaneously and manage all of these different challenges. So crowdfunding is coming up in the future as well. But we, we had a question between whether we would integrate wearables or software development keyboard. Um, and we decided to go with the software development keyboard because it would be a free option for users. And it means we're trying to make it as accessible as possible for as many people with bipolar or just generally with mood swings. I feel yeah. like it's almost a necessity to have kind of a tool which you can track all these things and understand yourself better. Um, so yeah, we're we're trying to make it as accessible as possible. Absolutely. So you're going to a funding round at the moment, is that right? And are you are you looking to raise? Not yet. So in a few Not months, yet. we're going to yeah. be looking. Um, right now, we're just. Um, preparing to go to the market. We were trying to spend the next few months targeting around 500 users so we can start getting some early traction um, and eventually evolve that into maybe 2000 with a clinical study as well. Um, but uh, yeah, really the, the focus will probably be a crowdfunding round um, okay. as part of our end-to-end customer strategy in about three months time. Wonderful. So I imagine you have some amazing case studies to follow from the back of those, those trials. Um, Definitely. So, I mean, they actually begin, they begin next year. Um, so we're going to have hopefully roughly 1,300 patients, both bipolar and unipolar depression. And we're going to make comparisons between people using the app and people not using the app and see if we can find that we're, uh, you know, we're improving well-being, that we're improving satisfaction of the, of the, of the product, uh, they're having positive customer satisfaction. Um, and mainly, I think the biggest thing at the end of the day is not remission, but understanding that we can actually benefit people full stop and, and yeah. make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just a little uh, little snapshot on me as well. You know, I turned 40 this year. Uh, 20 years ago, you know, I was only, smartphones were only really just coming in. I mean, maybe maybe not even, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, but, but rewind the clock, 30 years, 32 years when I was eight, um, I had some breathing difficulties. Long story short, I've had asthma for 32 years now, always carrying the inhalers everywhere with me. Uh, really frustrating, probably through my 20s when I was in my, what I would say, maybe physical prime, being really held back through asthma, you know, working very hard to stay on top of fitness and whatnot. Um, but I found the advancement of, of the treatment of asthma or the management of symptoms was very poor and it's only just starting to come through now as well and you know whenever I do my yearly checkup at the GP I find that the innovation is quite slow and although there's a lot more funding I think and a lot more awareness around asthma I still think it's it's pretty poor as well is that the same with with bipolar as well and uh, are we starting to see a maybe an emergence of bringing it to the fore really in you know through organizations such as yours um i think treatment of bipolar is still decades behind um yeah there's not much out there for people with bipolar to manage their condition i mean i'm still i'm currently using medication that is i think 80 years old um and it's the most popular type of medication um and to be fair it does a good job um i yeah. think it definitely it does make life much easier to control and, and all the symptoms of bipolar easier to manage 
Um, but realistically, I think there's there is a, a, a good emergence of new waves of technology which are coming out. I mean, I yeah. know um, there's something called Sana Health in the States. Most of the stuff is in the States from what I've seen. Um, yeah. But there's an example is this company where you, or if you're having a manic episode, you try on this piece of this virtual reality equipment and it immediately uh, calms you down and puts you to sleep. Um, so there's there's lots of lots of different yeah. tools which I'm looking forward to trying out. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess I guess you've got to immerse yourself in everything, haven't you, to uh, to try it out? Yeah, exactly. I, I was quite I was quite shocked that it was only maybe five years ago that I had the um, the sort of skin tests, you know, the skin prick test for allergies. Um, thought for hay fever triggering breathing. I said, I, and I thought to myself, couldn't have this been done 25 years ago, 30 years ago? And maybe I would have got a new mattress, would have stayed away from dust, maybe been aware of the kind of pollen that I'm around. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it, to think that uh, we're, we're so behind, or something's got to be very extreme in order to get attention uh, mm -hmm. to be looked at as well. And, and I guess if, if bipolar has been kept in the shadows, and you know, not treated broadly, then I, then I guess the the eyes are not on it really, and it's not getting maybe the investment or innovation that it that it deserves. Absolutely, I think it's a global problem. But yeah. Of course, medical solutions require a lot of a lot of work. Um, yeah. Both investment and regulatory approval are are big factors. So it's yeah. it's quite a challenging space to to innovate. Definitely. And just on a as we start to sort of come to almost closing out the podcast, although I think we've got a bit of time left. I'm really interesting, uh, interested, sorry, Anish, in, um, and you seem like you've got the finger on the pulse and you're very aware of what you need and where you're going and such. Um, a lot of the healthcare organizations that I speak to as well, they're always aware of the, of the bigger players, uh, the bigger market players and the, and the competition that comes around trying to compete for attracting great people. And I guess, peel the onion back a little bit further and you're in technology as well within healthcare, which is, which is very buoyant. And then you're bringing in a whole other marketplace of, of meta and, and the likes as well. Have you yet thought about your strategy as to how you're going to be able to build a business and compete? Presumably you, you'd want to hire in London in a busy market, but actually not necessarily because you're a global organization, just uh, just by mere fact that you're on the internet, you know, we're, we're global. Uh, have you started to think about those strategies of attracting the best people to your organization? What are your thoughts on that? If you have thought about it, and if not, maybe we can chat about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, right now we've had a very lean startup mindset. Um, yeah. So it's very much about having a very close, small team that can make big strides um and so we haven't we haven't really thought about the large-scale hiring um and yeah. i think you know maybe in the future when we're expanding um there's there's potentially things on the horizon such as going to abu dhabi and um or uh, you know working with a couple charities and um based on an accelerator program we did with c3 idea which is powered by accenture um but we're we're developing our our vision into moving into the states and moving into the and moving into Abu Dhabi um, and the UAE and Singapore as well um, over the future. And I think there's um, I think there's there's a culture of flexibility 
of an innovative mindset uh, of a relaxed culture where people can work to their the best of their ability at, at our startup. And, you know, I think as long as we can carry that forward um, in the future, then that's the best way possible. I think um, meeting people through connections on LinkedIn has always led to some really interesting conversations. Um, and, uh, you know, I would just keep up that same same line of thought and uh, just just talking to, talking to new people constantly and learning, learning about new people. Um, there's always different conferences as well around the UK and especially in kind of just slush coming up soon as well. Um, we're more, more focused on investors in that trip. Um, but uh, for the time being, I mean, I think just talking to as many people as possible, meeting as many people as possible is, is yeah. so. Yeah, I remember my old boss said, good things happen when good people meet. You know, generally, uh, you know, something comes out of a good conversation. And and I guess as well, given that you're, you're heavily uh, content marketing led at the minute, you're a big, uh, you're a big part of the brand as well. And, you know, people buying into you and your story as well. I've, I hired last year uh, a, a couple of my senior roles uh, for a startup founder who was, was very attached as well. Uh, personal story to the brand and it was so important that, and I, I got off the phone with a lot of candidates as well who said you know I really buy into the to the founder I really buy into the to the CEO who you know the story ties in just perfectly and I, I'm really behind that mission as well so I think you'll be a big a big draw in the uh, in the drive to attract the, the people that you need so you talked about uh, conferences and events and are you do you have any upcoming engagements where you've got the opportunity to speak or, or are you attending anywhere that people listening might be able to um, come by and see you? Um, I'm not speaking any events coming up anytime soon um, but I am going to be attending a lot of conferences across the UK in the medical space. Great. Um, so I mean I'm uh, we're, we have our eyes set on the NHS Innovation Accelerator and that's definitely a goal we've set for ourselves so we're working with NHS Penine Trust and the bipolar body release um wonderful and trial and eventually we you know we'd like to also develop that into a relationship so um working with the nhs in the future would hopefully be something that we want to do um yeah but uh definitely tons of events going on i just um i don't think i'm speaking to any of them anytime soon Thanks. there's time for that yeah absolutely and, and where is the best place for people to stay connected with bipolar buddy and uh, Move Mentor as well. Is it through LinkedIn, website? Where's the best place to uh, keep track of all the things that you're doing? Yeah, we're mainly marketing through TikTok and Instagram. So that's where you'll see most of okay. us. Okay, right on. We are also on LinkedIn for, for anyone else who's interested. And that's, yeah. that's more achievements that we have happening every now and then. Um, so that's good to check in there as well. And how's the Instagram and TikTok engagement? I imagine pretty high as uh, it's very um, native content. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, original. Yeah, we're just ramping up into it right now. So I think we'll see the most of it in, in about eight weeks time. Um, that's when our strategy fully unleashes. Um, and we're definitely gonna make some big strides there. So um, we're, we definitely have some targets in place. Um, but we, we, we need a 10% engagement rate um, or, you know, we won't be able to make the impact that we want to. Yeah. And I guess those, the, the branding as well through uh, Instagram and TikTok as well, is that leading people to download the app? Is that the best place to, uh, is that the next best, next best objective? 
yeah definitely yeah most of the content will be through influencers on tiktok or on instagram yeah wonderful oh this is really exciting and and i can't wait to see how everything unfolds for you and issues well i'll be keeping close close eye on things and there's so many exciting things going on in the space as well it's really really exciting i'll make sure that i share uh share all the links as to where to find you and and your team and, and updates and so on after the podcast but it's been really 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 insightful and uh yeah it's a bit of a watch this space isn't it really so for any investors any investors out there who are interested i'll make sure that we uh we can connect you across all the platforms uh, so they can engage with you um through the website uh, imagine this, i know there's contact forms on there isn't there to get in touch Absolutely. Yeah. There's a contact form on there. Um, there's always the info at Bipolar, but that's what it goes to. Um, yep. I mean, I think I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the opportunity to, to, to set up meetings with me in case anyone has any questions about the app as well. Um, okay, so wonderful. Our conversation, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think there's plenty more to talk about and, and over the next few months, we'll certainly be seeing things ramp up, maybe for a part two down the line. Um, but yeah, for now, Anisha, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. And uh, like I say, I'll make sure this is shared across all the major platforms and links will be uh, out there to connect with you as well. Thanks so much again. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Looking forward to speaking to you soon. Cheers, Anisha.